Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Starring your defending champion, Randy of House Santarelli, Ryan of House Palmer, Logan of House Meyer, Tyler of House Para, Danny of House Sladke, Jake of House Hollyfield, Andy of House Pollock, Michael of House Sladke, Justin of House St. Peter, Steve of House Ellinger, Garrett of House Sturkin, and Will of House Larson. Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. On this episode, we are going to be breaking down the Kick is Gould, which is Justin St. Peter's team. I'm joined this episode by Ryan once again, and we are going to break down, obviously, his veterans draft, his rookie draft from last year, uh, his depth chart, his very, very odd 2019 season, and then take a look at his 2020 season. So... Justin actually made the playoffs last year. He was the sixth seed, so he barely snuck in, and he played against Rowdy. We'll get to that a little bit later. Justin made a couple trades in the veterans draft, but he only drafted 24 vets and three rookies. So let's get into it. He had the number four overall pick, and he took Elvin Kamara. In the Dynasty startup, that's where you're going to see him, or five, usually speaking. Then at the 209, he took Amari Cooper. At the 304, carry on Johnson. That's not looking good right now. 409, same thing. Philip Lindsay, that's not looking good. 504, OJ Howard, that's not looking good. Uh, and then at the 609, Will Fuller. It sucks though because his third, fourth, and fifth round picks, they're all not in the best situations. Then when we got to the 704, he went on a streak of drafting three straight IDPs, starting with Aaron Donald. At the 809, took Bobby Wagner. Remember when Tony Dungy... MVP, man. <laughs> Tony Dungy gave him the MVP. Shout vote. out to Randy down that one. <laughs> uh, and then at the 904, he took my boy Derwin James. At the 1009, Dak Prescott. So that was his first quarterback off the board. 1104, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. It's kind of interesting. He drafted him, he got rid of him, and now he has him back on his team. 1201, he took Austin Eckler. Man, look at that value last year. Yeah. And it gave him away. 1209, CJ Mosley. 1409, Devontae Parker. 1504, Phillip Rivers. 1609, Ito Smith. Taking a step back here, Devontae Parker in the 14th was really, really good value as well. Obviously, he was a player that had a very rough first few years of his career. 1704, we have Robert Foster. 1809, I know he's going to love this, but he doesn't even remember this. He drafted Mike Gasick. Uh, 1904, Robbie Gould, his kicker. So he's had him this whole time. 2104, he took Chase Edmonds. 2209, Rashad Jones. Don't even know who that is. 2304, Randall Cobb. 2409, Delaney Walker. And then 2504, the immortal Infinity Stone, Frank Gore. Any thoughts on any of those players that stick out? Yeah, um, 
Well, I'll just go kind of my thoughts and notes. So first two make sense. Um, then, yeah, carry on Johnson at three. I uh, wish that aged better for Justin. Um, same with Philip Lindsay's now in a timeshare. Who knows how he's going to get carries. Um, you know, possibly Melvin Gordon going down. Um, I like the OJ Howard in the fifth. Uh, I think that's going to be good. We'll talk a little bit about that later down in Tampa. Uh, Will Fuller, again, um, would have been awesome if he kept him. Um, just with everything going on, obviously we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know who's getting traded. Um, seven and round seven and eight were interesting going defense. Um, I had, in my own personal draft, I did not think going defense that early, but you know, when you're talking about Aaron Donald and the uh, alleged MVP Bobby Wagner, I guess you can make a case. And Derwin James, which he looks really good at um, Hard Knocks, by the way. <laughs> um, really good value at Dak at 10. I think that was a steal. And I think I got uh, Lamar at 10 as well, mm-hmm. so um, I'm right there with you. Um, Austin Eckler, again, uh, wish he's on the squad. And but Devontae Parker, I think that has I think you mentioned that's gotta be the best value pickup. In the fourteenth, he's I think he's gonna be one of my breakouts that I'll talk a little bit later. Um, nothing too crazy from round sixteen and twenty five from my viewpoint. Um, I really like Mike Gilsecki and Chase Edmonds as they're currently on my squad. So um, you know, nothing too crazy with the draft. Um, some players I questioned, but overall I think it was a pretty pretty decent draft for Justin um, and we can we can talk a little bit more um, in our notes coming up so in the rookie draft then he ended up with three picks he had the 101 in the rookie and he traded it away to get Kyle and he eventually took Kyler Murray with the 104 212 then he got Miko Hartman I love that pick he's a great prospect and uh, you know Anybody in the Chiefs offense can pop at any time. He's fast. He's on the special teams as well as in the wide receiver core. So that's nice. And then in the 412, Mr. Irrelevant, he took Ty Johnson. So let's get into his depth chart here. Looking at his quarterbacks, he has three on his roster, starting with Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was number three on the season. Actually, scratch that, number two on the season with Dallas. Explosive offense. I expect more of the same this year with Mike McCarthy there. He loves throwing the ball. They have a ton of weapons. And then his second string quarterback would be Kyler Murray with the Arizona Cardinals. Another great quarterback. Top five in Dynasty. Both of those guys. Uh, And Kyler is probably going to pop off this year because he can run the ball. And they have that air raid offense. So uh, third string then he's got Taysom Hill who he got from Will in a trade. The Swiss Army Knife. uh, He potentially could be slotted into the tight end position coming up here. I know Sleeper had mentioned that they're going to make a change. So, uh, Looking at some of his running backs then, this is the area that he's definitely going to have a lot of struggles with this year. It's because his one his, his running back one is Jonathan Taylor, the rookie with the Indianapolis Colts. I know he traded to get him. He was ecstatic about that. Uh, then he also got Cam Akers, as his second running back here in the depth. He's got Philip Lindsay, who is an incredible running back, was undrafted from the University of Colorado. Um, and unfortunately, he's in a really tough spot now. Uh, but I don't think they're necessarily just going to sit him on the bench, even with Melvin Gordon being there. Uh, I can definitely see him being used 
on third downs. He's a good pass catcher, and he is really a between-the-tackle runner. We also have Tariq Cohen, who is a pass-catching back solely with the Chicago Bears. Uh, David Montgomery just went down today. I don't necessarily think that vaults Tariq Cohen into a starting role, but that may result in more touches for him. Got Carrion Johnson as well. Was the starting running back with the Detroit Lions. He no longer will be because of DeAndre Swift, who is a much better not only running back, but also pass catcher. Big for Detroit. Um, and we'll see what happens with Carrion. He can never stay healthy. Then we get into some interesting flyers. So he has Bryce Love, who had a redshirt year last year. He was also injured in college at Stanford. Uh, Bryce Love, though, is getting an absolute hype train right now in Washington that he may be getting some of the early down rushes due to Darius guys now being cut and on the free agency. Then he's got Lim Bowden, who is a pass-catching, kind of interesting player. He played quarterback at Kentucky uh, for a lot of the season. He played running back and he played wide receiver, so he can really do it all. That's huge, probably, as long as they can utilize him in the same fashion. Chris Thompson was a free agent, signed with Jacksonville. Now I know you do not like that because he might take a little bit of Leonard Fournette's passing work. So um, Then we also got Rex Burkhead. I feel like he never dies, but he's still relevant at one, at one two, three games. Uh, Daria Gumbawale, Wisconsin Pride. And then also we have Ty Montgomery. Any of those guys stick out to you? Yeah, uh, Jonathan Taylor, um, I mean, I think it was a good pick. Uh, he's got a solid line, um, probably the best offensive line oh, yeah. in the NFL. So I, uh, you know, it's it's early to say we know the preseason, but I am wholeheartedly going to go full force with Jonathan Taylor. I think he's going to be a, just a cowbell workhorse. Um, he's going to do really well. Um, Cam Akers kind of rolling the dice on that one, but I think it's going to come out pretty favorable for him. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, Philip Lindsay, you know, timeshare. Tariq Cohen might be uh, depending on David Montgomery and how the injury turns out. And I think David Montgomery will be ready for week one. But um, from a PPR standpoint, Tariq Cohen is a great asset to have. Uh, carry on. Interesting. Um, I, I, I think he lost his job, um, but I could maybe speak a little too soon. Bryce Love, really like that guy. And Lynn Bolden. Bowden. Um, Chris Thompson, uh, you know, let's work out a trade here. Um, open. <laughs> um, Rex Burkhead, nothing special there. Uh, Duare Agunawale, uh, love Wisconsin Pride. Um, and then Ty Montgomery, uh, I feel like those two guys, pretty irrelevant coming forward. But um, there's quite a bit of running backs in his room right now. <laughs> uh, I didn't speak much about Cam Akers. Now, what are your thoughts on Cam Akers? He is coming out of Florida State. They had an absolutely atrocious offensive line, and somehow he still got it done. Um, it's kind of split down the middle of what analysts in the industry think regarding him. Is he a good running back or not? Obviously, we can't really judge. He hasn't even rushed once in the NFL. However, you know, there's three running backs there in Los Angeles. Daryl Henderson, though, is injured. So I think that's huge for Cam Akers' camp. Uh, there is still Malcolm Brown there. Who Some of you guys are like, who the hell is Malcolm Brown? Even when Todd Gurley was there last year, he was getting a lot of rushes when Todd Gurley was hurt. 
So, do you like Cam Akers? Do you think he's going to be a weekly starter for Justin? Um, I, you know, honestly, I, I think he is going to be a weekly starter. Um, Daryl Henderson, as you mentioned, is, is injury prone. And besides that, I mean, Malcolm Brown, I think, is a good running back. But Cam Akers, you know, it's really rare that a, a rookie running back will come out of the gate. Um, you know, and not really. It's kind of hazy to figure out if he's going to take first, um, first reps with the first team. Um, but right now, I think he's he's the guy in at the Rams, and I feel like he, they're going to lean a lot on him um, to do a lot of the damage. So, uh, you know, if I'm Justin, I'm really excited with Jonathan Taylor and Cam Akers. I think those are two solid picks he had in the rookie draft this year. Um, so I, I would be thrilled. I think I think the hype train is real for Cam Akers. Wide receivers, then we got Devontae Adams. Uh, Obviously, he was injured a little bit last year, but when he was on the field, he was on pace to be a top three wide receiver. So uh, Amari Cooper, inconsistent, but still has those games he'll explode and win you a week. Devontae Parker, and also with Amari Cooper, we don't really know what the target breakdown is going to look like with Gallup and C.D. Lamb now there, and even Blake Jarwin. Devontae Parker, I kind of mentioned a little bit, he broke out. At the end of last season, he was an absolute monster in the end of the season with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, that was huge. He also has Christian Kirk on his team. I still like Christian Kirk. I know that they just brought in DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, but Christian Kirk, I think he's going to be good for around 80 targets at least. And he's still going to make an impact. It's not like they're going to completely phase him out. Um, in Arizona, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Miko Hartman, I already mentioned. And then he also has Sammy Watkins. So he has really the wide receiver two and three for the Chiefs. One of those guys is probably going to produce. In an explosive Chiefs offense, you have the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, but Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback, I'll confidently say. Uh, then he's also got Quintez Cephas coming out of Wisconsin. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. John Hightower. And then Jake Kumaro. Whitewater pride, baby. Whitewater Pound the rock. Whitewater Jesus there. Uh, anything on those wide receivers? Yeah, the first five I absolutely love. So I obviously dealt Devonta Adams um, with a trade with Justin, uh, produced heavily. Obviously, him and Rodgers, if they are staying healthy, they are, I mean, just absolutely beast. Mari Cooper, um, interesting with Mari Cooper, he's, he's actually got some competition now, which, you know, actually might be good um, just to get him off some of the nice, um, really, you know, good corners. Uh, I think he's still going to have a huge game. Like you said, Mike McCarthy's going to toss the ball a ton. Devontae Parker is going to have a breakout year. It's one of my sleeper picks coming up. Um, I think he's going to be just doing a lot of damage. I think he's going to be around the 85, 90 target range. Christian Kirk, you know, he's going to probably be a wide receiver two, three in that range. Um, probably going to lined up against a not a great corner, not a lockdown corner, so he can, you know, get some fly routes and, and you know I think they're going to air out the, the ball quite a bit again and uh, Kyler Murray's working a lot on his arm which is good to see um, and then Michael Harmon again you, you can't go wrong with the Chiefs offense I mean anyone I want to get a piece of of uh, Chiefs offense in my lineup I uh, Sammy Watkins though the loser king uh, I don't know I don't think he's going to do that much and uh, same with Quintez Marquez John Hightower and Jake Kumaro, I think they're all kind of, you know, if injuries happen, they could step up to the plate, but really, I think, irrelevant in terms of a starting role. Um, but maybe, you know, could have a flyer week and uh, produce a lot of points, just depending on how the offense and 
how the seasons are flowing with these teams. So first five, though, absolutely just I love. I love. Tight ends, though, it gets real ugly. And his first string tight end is probably O.J. Howard. Just in terms of dynasty, I'd say I would want O.J. Howard more than any of these other tight ends in his depth. Is he going to be the best this year? I don't think so. But we'll see. Uh, Dawson Knox with Buffalo. Jace Sternberger, who's the new tight end with the Green Bay Packers. Common theme here. There's a ton of Packers. Uh, Jordan Reed just signed with San Francisco. And then we also have Josiah DeGuara, who is the H-back that the Packers drafted out of Cincinnati. Kicker, Robbie Gould. And then looking at his IDPs, at defensive line, he has Aaron Donald and Zadarius Smith. I really, really like Zadarius Smith. He had a breakout year. Uh, made the Packers' defense actually respectable for once. So, um, yeah, he's good for a couple sacks. And then Aaron Donald is, man, I've been loving watching him on Hard Knocks. So did you see Jared Goff's comments about Aaron Donald? I'm sure he's sitting there like, thank goodness Aaron Donald is on my team yeah. because I'd be so, you know. And McVay was, like, screwed. timing him up, too, saying, like, sack, sack. And yeah. we saw, like, eight times. It's funny, McVay is so, he's a small guy, and then next to Next to, you know, Aaron Donald's like, this guy is like a, a fly. But. Uh, linebackers, then. He's got Bobby Wagner, uh, Randy's boy, and Tony Dungy's boy. And then we also got Quan Alexander, who is with San Francisco. In the defensive backs, he's got Derwin James. I'd argue a top two safety in the NFL. Uh, then we also got Justin Simmons and Anthony Harris, who's a lockdown corner with the Minnesota Vikings. Looking at his picks then, so for 2021, he has a first. However, it's not his own. He's not going to like that. His first is actually mine, so it's going to be a lot later than he would kind of hope. He has two-thirds, his own and Will's. He has two-fourths, mine and Sterk's, and then a fifth. In 2022, he has a first, two-thirds, which is his own and Will's, uh, my fourth, his fifth and sixth. In 2023, he has his own first, second, third, fifth, and sixth, and then my fourth. Uh, so he still doesn't have a handful of picks. I just think looking at his team breakdown, it's not good that he doesn't have his own first. Randy has it to add fuel to the fire. Yeah, that that's not great, um, especially, you know, obviously we've already done the breakdown of Randy's team. It's just going to pour more gasoline onto that team, but, you know, We'll see what happens. I, you know, I'll talk about this a little bit later. But depending on how Justin's season can go, I definitely a lot of package deals can happen. A lot of loose ends for running backs that can find a home, <laughs> aka Chris Thompson. Uh, <laughs> we can, you know, figure out a deal, and I can supply some picks. Let's um, talk about some cuts, though. So yep. he is required to cut five, and I actually have six on my list. In a previous episode, uh, he mentioned how Randy has a lot of Vikings. He has way too many Packers. Way too many. So uh, with that in mind, I have six. I know you have five. I'm going to go through mine quick. Daria Gumbawale right now. I know he's a big Badger fan, but Daria Gumbawale, yes, last year, for whatever reason, uh, Bruce Arians was using him in the backfield for some pass catching. But now they just went and got LaShawn McCoy. They drafted Keyshawn Vaughn. Ronald Jones is a pretty okay pass catcher. I don't see any reason why Daria Gumbawale would get on the field. Ty Montgomery as well. Uh, he is with the Saints now, and he's really just a depth piece. He's a special teams type guy. I know that he struggles with running backs, but Ty Montgomery's not going to do him much. 
He's going to hate me saying this, but Jake Kumaro needs to be on the free agency. Jake Kumaro is purely a special teams player. I know Will and I have discussed that many times. Jake Kumaro had like one or two good games last year. I get that. And I know that Devin Funches opted out. I know he won't cut him, but it is what it is. I, he's, he's just not good. Uh, Rex Burkhead as well, running back with the Patriots. Um, another depth piece. And one I just added on here was Josiah DeGuara. I can't believe that I missed him. Uh, he is a rookie, so he could stash him on his taxi, but he's an H-back. He's a fullback. In what world is a fullback going to have any fantasy impact? So uh, that's why I kind of have Josiah DeGuara on here. Let's hear your reason on your five. Yeah, so uh, pretty similar list. Uh, I'll go down the list. So, again, DeGuara, Agunwale, um, some of the reasons you had. Uh, running back room is really heavy down in Tampa. Um I just don't think they have any room for him. Um, then I had Ty Montgomery, similar to you. Um, you know, probably going to be a special teams piece. Kind of lost his identity after he left the Packers. Um, still respect him, but again, I don't think any he has any value for on his team. Um, Jordan Reed, I mean, the guy can never stay healthy. He's constantly concussed. I honestly feel so bad for him. Um, hopefully, he's going to be okay later in life. Uh, I have John Hightower. Um, to be honest, I don't know a lot about him, which could be bad, but I just don't think you know he renders a spot. Um, and like you said, Jay Kumaro is not on my list because he's not going to cut him. And you know, I, I feel <laughs> like he, he, you know, I'm not saying he's going to break out or he's good or anything, but I just I feel like he, you know, he deserves a little piece of home on his team. And the last one is Josiah. Um, how you say his name? Deguara. Deguara. Again, hate you back. Um, no time for that. Just get him off your list. You're get him, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Yeah. All right, so. let's come right back and talk about some commentary after this. Justin St. Peter had the weirdest regular season I can recall of all time regarding his streaks. Uh, I'm going to talk about this when we talk about his 2019 season, but he had a three-game win streak, followed by a five-game losing streak, followed by a five-game winning streak. (laughs) So there's no... He was pretty consistent. You know, three wins, five losses, five wins. I, you're not going to see something like that unless someone would go like undefeated, you know. That <laughs> I, I, I need to know what happened when he lost five straight. So he played against Ryan, you, Jake, Randy, Danny, and Andy. So there's three pretty weak teams in there. So he must he must have not had a good. Oh yeah, he did not. He had two games with a, less than 110 points. He also played Randy and scored only 112. So that's kind of a rough stretch, but I just thought that was the weirdest streak of uh, weirdest season of all time because he made the playoffs as well. Yeah, I agree. I the first three games, I'm like, oh my gosh, like Justin's gonna be like a top seed, and then all of a sudden he just rattle off five straight losses, and I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? It's like jump on the JSP roller coaster this season. Next point that I want to bring up is I think we mentioned too is just the running backs and how many running backs he has currently and he needs to slim it down um and as we talked about our required cuts just a lot of room but also i think there's some potential with trading 
and getting Holmes to, you know, carry on Johnson, whoever has, uh, you know, Swift, or, you know, I think Bryce Love can have some value later in the season, and I'm going to mention this again. Chris Thompson, uh, let's make a deal. Um, <laughs> so I, I think there's a lot of room for improvement. I think that is the weakest area for him right now. My question next is, who is his running back to? Is it Tariq Cohen? Is it Cam Akers in a committee approach? We'll find out. It's going to be a rough year for him, that's for sure. Uh, even if Cam Akers breaks out, he doesn't have any depth at all. All he has is guys that were starters last year that have kind of gotten their jobs stolen from them. I do like Tariq Cohen, though, as a running back, too. Jonathan Taylor, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I kind of have a different spin on Jonathan Taylor. I just think he's going to be an anchor and just an absolute beast for his team so definitely a good pick i was pretty jealous but and he's a badger so i know justin was pretty thrilled about that i think his two wide receivers uh with omari cooper and Devonte adams are just a one-two punch the gut um and if they're not on by i feel like he's gonna have just points galore with those guys i think he should keep those guys on his roster as long as he can unless a trade offer comes along I'm going to kind of piggyback off that because I had a similar thought. You know, they obviously are locked and loaded, what, you know, wide receiver one and two on his team studs. But at the same time, I also think he should potentially dangle them a little bit and see what he can get for them because he's so lacking at tight end as well as running back. With that in mind, maybe he can get himself either another first. Maybe he can get himself another running back he can start, either in his flex or running back two, or he can just give himself a tight end. That's going to solve his problems that he, he currently has on his team. I agree. Um, his team is pretty young for the most part, uh, but there's a lot of question marks that he needs to figure out this season. Um, I think the season's going to be obviously a little bit different, and in terms of injuries or positive COVID tests, you know, it could sway one way where he could really benefit, or obviously on the other um, other side of the pendulum, he could really just fall apart real quick. I believe, and he's not going to like this take, because I've bounced back and forth in the trade that you did with him. I've bounced back and forth of saying, you know, it's very even to a trade he shouldn't have done. Very even to... And I've come to the conclusion that I don't think it was the smart trade for him to do. Because, yes, of course he got Jonathan Taylor, but also he's giving away a top five running back, which top running backs are very hard to find, uh, for a top five wide receiver. Now, of course, we know that wide receivers in Dynasty and in the NFL overall, their careers are significantly longer in terms of their prime and their ability to produce. However, it was a very diminishing move for his team. It left a huge hole at the running back, and we can see that. Carryon Johnson as his running back, too? Gross. Phillip Lindsay as his running back, too? Gross. You know, if Cam Akers actually pops, it might be okay. I think he'll be okay. However, at this current moment, I think Cam Akers will be fine, but he's definitely going to struggle a lot in that department as well as uh, in his flexes. He does have two wide receivers right now in his flex, um, but we will see uh, how that is. I'd rather have myself like a bell call running back in my personal opinion. I agree. Um, obviously, of course you agree. You I have a bias, but I, I knew I was pulling on his heartstrings a little bit, you know, dangling Devonta Adams in front of him. Um, you know, the only side that I guess 
that a positive from him is, uh, you know, Elvin Kamara's on, a, you know, he's going to be on a new contract next year. Is, is he going to be with Drew Brees? Is he going to be in New Orleans? Who knows? So that might play a factor, but like you said, I I agree. I'd rather have a cow, you know, cowbell back. Who knows with uh, with the quarterback situation in Green Bay going forward. So I'm going to go into my, my three sleepers for his team that I think are just going to be absolute breakouts. Um, and one of them I'm really trying to get. Um, as I mentioned before, about five times. Chris Thompson, um, I think he's going to have a great season. I, I really am hoping that he doesn't take a lot of Leonard Fournette's uh, carries and pass catching, but he is deadly. Um, Devontae Parker, again, you know, he's he's so good in Miami, and I feel like, you know, even if um, you know they, they struggle down there in terms of a whole team aspect, he's still going to produce. And then uh, Michael Hardman. Again, Chiefs offense, that's pretty much all I got to say. Just going to be locked and loaded all season with uh, Pat Mahomes. Speaking of Nicole Hardman, I really, really like that he has the wide receiver two and three for the Chiefs and Nicole and the Lizard King, Sammy Watkins. Because say what you want about the Lizard King, one of those guys will produce, and he's going to have the time and the ability to find out who it's going to be. To be honest, heck, it could be both of them. And then that's great because Sammy Watkins... He's had a stretch of very good games. He was unbelievable in the Super Bowl. They were just talking about it on uh, the Chris Long podcast. He was talking about the Chiefs and the run that they had um, with one of his NFL buddies. And they were saying how like Sammy Watkins was one of the main reasons they won the Super Bowl. He came out huge in the playoffs. Justin's probably hoping that that's going to carry forward into this year. He took a huge pay cut as well because he just loves the culture that he's involved in. Not to mention he's also a Super Bowl champ. Um I would also, if I was him, start dangling those star-studded quarterbacks. Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott. He does not need both on his team. I would say if he trades one, he needs to go out and find himself a vet, one that can be starting behind whoever it is that he keeps. Both of those guys are top five fantasy quarterbacks. There is no point at all for him to keep both on his team. That would just be a negative aspect for him because he could be using it to get himself a better trade. Yeah, and I think you mentioned I was completely shocked when he traded and then got end up getting uh, Kyler Murray. I mean, he already had Dak Prescott. You're essentially getting the same quarterback style. So I was really, I, I, I mean, I was really blown away. I thought he was going to go grab an, an awesome running back or a depth piece for his wide receivers. So interesting move there. Don't really like that one, but. Um, I honestly, I really like OJ Howard. Um, I think he is, uh, you know, Gronk is getting too much hype. I think he's going to be a big bust. I agree. I, I think he's and he's going to have high capital in a lot of leagues. I ain't touching him. No, just because of the name, I'm not touching him. He doesn't do, even when he was right before retiring or going to the WWE, whatever <laughs> the heck he did, he was not doing anything at all. He was just a blocker. He was just put in in the goal line because he can t- catch touchdowns. That's going to be a very, very similar situation of what he does with Tom Brady because of the rapport that they have. Exactly. I think he's going to get injured in the first couple weeks, and it's going to be O.J. Howard time, and I think he's just going to have a breakout season, um, especially with Brady there and their high-powered octane offense. So I would keep him and keep him locked and loaded. Um, Gronk is just a a smokescreen, and don't even worry about that. Now, point-wise, lefty, did backflip when he saw his IDPs last year because he had the highest scoring IDPs by far in any of our teams. 
I'm going to say that Justin has the best starting IDP core on paper. Aaron Donald, um, Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner, and Derwin James. Zadarius Smith. Yeah, you you can't get much better than that. However, here's the only negative of it, and I don't think it's a problem right now. This took away his ability for positional depth in the vet draft. Of course, it's important that you have some of those top-tier players at every position, but with the IDPs, they don't score as much. You can find a guy that's very similar to, you know, Derwin James. Even though he's a safety, it's going to score the same points. Like example, I just picked up Tracy Walker from the Lions. I can guarantee that even with Derwin's injury, if he would have been healthy, they would have scored a very similar amount of points on the season. So I think he is the best IDP IDP core on paper. You're not going to see many trades in our league for IDPs unless it's like a straight-up swap or you're like dealing with thirds or later. I agree. I agree with you. Best IDPs on paper. Um, it's very interesting how every team and every owner is. Uh, they they think IDPs or they strategize how to how to draft IDPs differently, which obviously makes it all fun. Um, I was on the opposite end, and I stayed away from IDPs as long as I could. Uh, I mentioned this already. Dak in the tenth, just amazing, amazing value there. Now, I'm going to kind of mention both of his running backs that he drafted a little earlier that were in great situations last year, Philip Lindsay and Carrion Johnson. I think both of them are going to have their starting roles taken away. Philip Lindsay at the expense of Melvin Gordon, and then Carrion Johnson at the expense of DeAndre Swift. Now, Philip Lindsay is a tough case, though, because I think Philip Lindsay is a very, very good running back, undrafted. He's like your perfect your your perfect story for an undrafted NFL player. They paid Melvin Gordon, and I'm not salty at all. He is a little piece of shit of <laughs> what he did to the Chargers, but also Melvin Gordon has not been healthy in the last four years. Melvin Gordon has not been an effective running back in the last couple of years. Yes, he's been a top tier running back, but that's because he scores touchdowns. That's where he kind of produces there. I love Philip Lindsay. And the best case scenario for him would be to be traded away to another NFL team. I know that they have a lot of good running backs there, but if you put Philip Lindsay in either Miami's system, I know they have a young line, but if you put him in Miami or if you put him in like San Francisco, because Raheem Mostert keeps complaining, I just can't imagine how much he would produce. It's not going to happen, but uh, I like Philip Lindsay going forward. He's still young, so that's the good thing about Philip Lindsay. Uh, Kerry John Johnson, on the other hand, though, I don't really know what his prospects are. He's hurt way more than a lot of running backs uh, that are in the starting position. And DeAndre Swift's there, better pass catcher, better athlete. I think that it's just kind of the end of the road for Kerry on Johnson. Yeah, I agree with Kerry on. Um, he needs to carry on and <laughs> get him off. Or just, you know. Find a, find a trading solution for that. Um, interesting enough, going back to the vet draft, the players that he ha- does not have currently, I just think they're going to have all breakout seasons. <laughs> and uh, un- that's unfortunate. I mean, Alvin Kamara, Will Fuller, Austin Eckler, Philip Rivers, Mike Gusecki, Chase Edmonds, and that's pretty much I mean, those guys I feel like are just – they're on the hype train for everybody, all the analysts. So we'll see. I mean, obviously, fantasy football is just a big gamble, so we'll uh, – We'll see how it plays out, but it's very interesting that he, you know, it's kind of unfortunate that he doesn't have those players on his team anymore. Now, he traded his first away to Randy, 
Still can't get over that. You know, we had just gotten over. We are done. Literally, everybody's like, guys, stop trading picks to Randy. What does he do? He trades his first to Randy. That's going to be a top five pick. I can guarantee it. And now Randy's going to get another stud right in his core. So annoying. But I wish he has. He wish he, I bet he wishes he had his first instead of mine. Uh, mine, not to brag, but probably will be late. So, uh, on the other hand, though, he did get a first back. So he got my first in exchange uh, from Sterk. Uh, he got a first in exchange for Will Fuller. I thought that was like a steal. I'm like, Will Fuller's a first? He can't even stay on the field. <laughs> But then I saw that he gave away two seconds, and I'm like, okay, this is very even of a trade. Uh, Will Fuller, we'll see actually what happens, because he has a rapport with Deshaun Watson, and if he can stay healthy, oh my god, he's going to be an absolute monster. Yeah. Because when he's on the field, he is a monster. Yeah. So, we'll kind of see what happens. Um, if, I was, if I'm Justin, I am shopping Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott right now to get depth in, what, in my running back room. Like, that is an absolutely must, I feel like. Or picks. He's or gotta picks. Do one of them. Or just got to do both. one of them. You got, again, you got two quarterbacks that are essentially the same person. You need to go get value, you know, for that for that particular area that you need. I wonder if he's going to target Hunter Henry. Last episode on Spaceballs, we talked about Hunter Henry and how Spaceballs maybe might want to deal him just because he has George Kittle there. Maybe Spaceballs doesn't want to. But if you look at... Justin's tight ends, they're trash. <laughs> they're yeah, bad. Yeah. You know, they're not even like top 20 tight ends right now. So uh, that may be not necessarily only Hunter Henry, but that definitely may be a position you may, might want to look in. I also love swapping fourth-round picks with him. It's our yearly tradition. We have our fourth-round swaps all the way to 2023. And right now, with the current state of our teams, I'm getting the better pick because <laughs> it's a linear draft, so I'm getting the earlier pick. Uh, also, an interesting trade that I did not know about until draft day was he traded away two of his three firsts, which he had seven, eight, and nine, to Will, and he got the number two, which was Jonathan Taylor. He got the best player in the deal. Uh, I can guarantee that he loves that. Uh, he got Jonathan Taylor and the best player of those three between Jonathan Taylor, Denzel Mims, and Keyshawn Vaughn. And then finally... I know he hates hearing about it, but he got absolutely destroyed in the Austin Eckler trade. Um, he ended up getting, like, Tariq Cohen in exchange. Austin Eckler is, like, a borderline running back one, if not a running back one. Uh, and that's tough because if you look at it, he could have, like, Kamara, Eckler. I don't know if he necessarily would have had Jonathan Taylor, but he could have probably had Cam Akers yeah, still with definitely. where his pick ended up. Um so just not another good trade by Justin. He's got he's got to right the ship this year, that's for sure. Uh, hopefully he can make some good moves, not Packer bias moves anymore. So we're gonna come back and talk about his 2019 season. Or you, when we get married, you can tell me if you don't like somebody, and then we can bring them back here and whoosh right through the moon door. I like the sound of that. Let's put a moon door in your winter farm. All right. It can go in here, in this big Be tower. careful. You've ruined it, and I'm going to have to rebuild the whole I thing. I didn't ruin it. You did. It was already ruined because it didn't have a moon door. I was fixing it. Knocking things down isn't fixing them. It's ruining I them. I didn't ruin it. You're being stupid. I didn't ruin it! Let's get into the most inconsistent 
playoff team regular season results of all time. Brought to you by Justin St. Peter. So in week one, Justin played against Taco, and he beat him by 78 points. Justin's leading scorer was Dak Prescott with 41.4. Taco's leading scorer was Cortland Sutton with 19, and Justin moved to 1-0. In week two, Justin beat Tyler by 19 points. His leading scorer was Dak Prescott once again with 33.6, and Tyler's was Matt Ryan with 25.1, moving Justin to 2-0. In week three, Justin beat Logan by 26 points. Justin's leading scorer was Alvin Kamara with 37. Man, Keenan Allen's leading scorer for Logan with 43.6. And still beat me. Justin's moved to 3-0. and And then the losing starts. So in week 4, Justin lost to Ryan by 63 points. Justin's leading scorer was Austin Eckler with 29.2. Ryan's leading scorer was Lamar Jackson with 30.4. And Justin moved to 3-1. In week five, Justin lost to Jake by 25 points. Amari Cooper was his leading scorer with 39.6. Jake's leading scorer was ooh, Aaron Jones with 49.2. Justin moved to 3-2. and two. In week six, Justin lost to Randy by 33 points. Justin's leading scorer was Dak Prescott with 18.2. Randy's leading scorer was Russell Wilson with 32.9, moving Justin to 3-3. Three and three. Justin lost in week seven as well to Danny by 30 points. Justin's leading score was Austin Eckler with 25.5. And Danny's leading score was Sony Michelle with 22.4. Justin moved to three and four. The bleeding finally stops after week eight. In week eight, Justin lost to Andy by 55 points. His leading score was Alex Erickson with 15.7. Andy's leading scorer was Cooper Cup with 35. Justin was 3-5 after this game. And then he ends the season strong. Week 9, Justin beats Sterk Daddy by 3 points. His leading scorer was Dak Prescott with 27.4. And Garrett's leading scorer was Josh Jacobs with 24. Justin moved to 4-5. Justin got back to 500 in Week 10 when he beat Rowdy by 59 points. Justin's leading scorer was Christian Kirk with 37.8, and Rowdy's was Tyreek Hill with 33. Justin moved to 5-5. In week 11, Justin beat Will by 36 points. Justin's leading scorer was Dak Prescott with 37.5, and Will's was Michael Thomas with 25.4. Justin moved to 6-5. In week 12, Justin beat Little Slads. Oh, my God. 110 to 77. Oh, <laughs> How do you score 77? So he beat him by 33 points. Justin's leading score was Alvin Kamara with 19.2. Little Slads' leading score was Jamal Williams with 16. Oh, Lord. Justin moved to 7 and 5. In week 13, Justin beat Tyler by 3 points. And I'm pretty sure that put Justin in the playoffs over Tyler. I think that was a playoff matchup. Winner would have been in. Uh,. So Justin won by three points. Justin's leading score was Devontae Parker with 34.9. And Tyler's leading score was Julian Edelman with 21.9. And then Justin ended the season at 8-5. I can't believe how he did it. But then he matched up against Rowdy in the playoffs and lost to him by 54 points. Justin's leading scorer in that playoff game was Dak Prescott with 19.4. And Rowdy's leading scorer was Deshaun Watson with 30. 
So Justin was eliminated. I don't think he's making the playoffs <laughs> this year. So we're going to get right into his 2020 season. Unfortunately, Justin is going to have to play against Randy twice this year, and that starts in week one. So in week one, Justin, by sleeper, is projected to lose by 20.5. Some key players. So Justin's regular starting lineup is looking like it's going to be Dak Prescott, Jonathan Taylor, Tariq Cohen, Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper, Jace Sternberger, Devontae Parker, Christian Kirk, Robbie Gould, and then in the IDPs, Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner, Justin Simmons, and Derwin James. So looking at that in mind, Randy in the flex is going to have Nick Chubb and Odell versus Justin's Devontae Parker and Christian Kirk. After this matchup, Justin would move to 0-1. In week two, Justin is playing against Little Slads, Sleepers projecting him to lose by 10.8 points. Some key players for Justin once again has Jay Sternberger in the tight end, and he's sticking with Devontae Parker and Christian Kirk in his flex. On Little Slads' side, at the moment, David Montgomery is one of his starting running backs. We will see what happens with the injury news. And then in the flex, he's going to have Todd Gurley and Cortland Sutton. After this matchup, Justin would move to 0 2. In week three, Justin's playing against Jake. Sleeper is projecting him to win by 7.9 points. Justin in the flex is going to this week have Carrion Johnson and Christian Kirk. In Jake's side, in the wide receivers, he's going to have Calvin Ridley, okay, and Brashad Perriman. In the flex, then, he would have Devin Singletary and Darius Slayton. He also has Drew Locke at the quarterback. After this matchup, Justin would be 1-2. and two. In week 4, Justin is playing against Ryan, and Sleeper is projecting him to lose by 12.3. In the running backs, he's got Cam Akers and Tariq Cohen. In the flex, he's got Devontae Parker and the Lizard King, Sammy Watkins. On Ryan's side, he's got his usual guys, with Kenyon Drake, DJ Moore. I'm not even going to keep going because I'm going to get so mad at how stacked your lineup is. After this matchup, Justin would be 1-3. and three. In Week 5, Justin is playing against Andy. There are two teams on by, the Lions and the Packers. Knowing the Packers on by, you know Justin's going to be hit by byes very, very hard. So Justin has Devontae Adams, Kerryon Johnson, Jake Kumaro, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Jace Sternberger, and Zadarius Smith. All on by. Sleeper is projecting Justin, however, to win by 15.2 points. In the running backs, you would have Jonathan Taylor and Tariq Cohen. 
Wide receivers, he's going to have Amari Cooper, and Christian Kirk has now entered the wide receivers. At tight end, he now has Dawson Knox, and his second flex, once again, the Lizard King, Sammy Watkins. On Andy's side, oh god, her second running back is Anthony McFarland, and her running back one is Zach Moss. Gross. In her flex, she has Curtis Samuel and Nikhil Harry. With this victory, Justin would move to 2-3. and three. In Week 6, Justin is playing against Logan. Sleepers projecting Justin to lose by 22.7. There are four teams on by this week. The Las Vegas Raiders, the Saints, the Patriots, and the Seahawks. Justin has four players on by, including Bobby Wagner, Taysom Hill, Ty Montgomery, and Rex Burkhead. In the starting lineup, Justin finally has Kyler Murray. Once again, he has Dawson Knox in his tight end. And his flexes being Amari Cooper and Christian Kirk. Filling in for Bobby Wagner is Quan Alexander. On my side in the flex, I have A.J. Green and Ronald Jones. After this matchup, Justin would move to 2-4. and four. In week 7, Justin is playing against Will. Sleeper is projecting Justin to lose by 14.3. There are four teams on by the Colts, the Jaguars, the Titans, and the Vikings. And Justin has three players on by, one of which is a starter. Jonathan Taylor, Chris Thompson, and Anthony Harris. Looking at Will's team, he does not have a kicker this week, as his is on by. Looking at the starting lineup, in the running backs, Justin's going to have Tariq Cohen and Carrion Johnson. You hate to see that. Tight end, Jace Sternberger is back. And guess what? In that second flex, once again, is the Lizard King, Sammy Watkins. On Will's side, he's got, in the flex, DK Metcalf and James White with TJ Hawkinson in the tight end position. After this matchup, Justin would move to 2-5. and five. I'm going to pass it to Ryan to go from week 8. In week eight, Justin will play Garrett or Struck Daddy, and Sleeper is projected him to win uh, by 9.4 points. Uh, a lot of buys this week. We have the Cardinals, Ravens, Broncos, Texans, Steelers, and the Washington football team. This means that Christian Kirk, Justin Simmons, Kyler Murray, Bryce Love, and Philip Lindsay are all on buy some for key Justin. Players. Yeah, some some major key players. Um, tight end position, we have Dawson Knox, and once again, Lizard King in the flex. <laughs> Skull Lizard King. With Devontae Parker. Uh, running backs, we have Cam Akers and Tree Cohen. For Stirk Daddy, we got DD Sweetie Westbrook <laughs> in the flex, and Hayden Hurst, who low key will have, I think, a breakout season. Uh, wide receivers, we have Keenan Allen and Deshaun Jackson for Garrett. With this win, Justin will move to 3 and 5 on the season. Moving into week nine, Justin will play Danny, and the teams on by this week are Bengals, Browns, Rams, and Eagles. Uh, Justin, according to Sleeper, is projected to lose by 27 points. Uh, the only two players that Justin will have buys this week will be Aaron Donald and Cam Akers. This meaning running back positions for Justin will be Philip Lindsay and Tariq Cohen. Again, tight end Dustin Knox, and once again, the Let's Lizard go. King. Maybe just throw him in the starting lineup. Literally. <laughs> and uh, Christian Kirk to round out the flex. 
Uh, Danny's got, I feel like, one of the best one-two punches here with uh, Christian McCaffrey and CEH. And uh, Noah Fant, who, again, low-key, I think is going to have a great season. With this loss, uh, Justin will move to 3-6. and six. In Week 10, let's do a backflip. And uh, Justin's going to actually not, actually not do a backflip because he's projected to lose <laughs> to Tyler, or lefty, by 3 points. That's gotta be that's gonna be close. Uh, bye weeks include Falcons, Cowboys, Chiefs, Chargers. That means Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Derwin James, the Lizard King, <laughs> and Michael Hardman are on bye. Uh, in the flex, Justin will have Cam Akers and Christian Kirk, and in the running pot position, he'll have JT and Tariq Cohen with Kyla Murray uh, slinging it down in Arizona. For Tyler, uh, we have Latavius Murray and Kareem Hunt. Interesting combo there with Brandon Cooks and Julian Edelman uh, rounding up in the wide receivers. Also Gronk, which I think he might be injured this week. Who knows? <laughs> with this loss, uh, Justin will move to 3-7 and seven on the season. Needless to say, Sleeper's also projecting both teams to score under 130 points because they're both pretty swamped <laughs> by buys. Yeah, that was a, that's a by-apocalypse, as, yep. as he would say. So, Moving into Week 11... Um, Justin will play Steve, and Sleeper is projected for a five-point loss, another close nail-biter. This week, buys include the Bills, Bears, Dolphins, Giants, Jets, and 49ers. This includes an will packed Tariq Cohen, Dawson Knox, Devontae Parker, Robbie Gould, Jordan Reed, and Kiwan Kwan Alexander. <laughs> Justin will not have a kicker this week as Robbie is on bye. But again, in the flex, he'll have Christian Kirk and, once again, Sammy Watkins. Tight end will have V.J. Starnberger. And in wide receivers, we'll have Devonta Adams and Mari Cooper. Probably going to lean on those guys a lot this week. Uh, Steve will have Zeke and Mark Ingram in the running back slots and Hunter Henry in the tight end position. With this loss, Justin will move to 3-8 and eight on the season. In week 12, no buys, and Justin is fully locked and loaded with his starting lineup. He will be playing once again our defending champion, Randy, and will take a nice slacking with a projected loss from Sleeper for 31 points. Uh, Justin is fully loaded, as I mentioned, so we'll have Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper as the one-two punch, JT and TC as RBs, and Devontae Parker and Sammy Watkins again in the flex. Randy will have his god team out there with Russell Westbrook, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, A.J. Brown, and the list goes on for pretty much all-stars. In on this uh, With this loss, Justin will move to 3-9, and nine, and going into the last week, week 13, uh, Justin will play Little Slads, and the two buys include the Panthers and Buccaneers, and this only impacts O.J. Howard, meaning Dawson Knox will get the start. In the flex, Amari Cooper and Christian Kirk will get the the, the nod, and Jonathan Taylor and Tariq Cohen will get the running backs. Uh, he will uh, pr- Sleeper projects a 10-point loss to Little Slads, as Little Slads will start his usual suspects with Tariq Hill and Cortland Sutton in the wide receiver spots and a, a beastly duo with Derrick Henry and Todd Gurley in the running back spots. 
with this loss and to round out the final season, uh, final game of the season, uh, Justin will be three and ten according to Sleeper. So let's go into our record projections here. I have them at four and nine, so I gave him one extra game than Sleeper did, just because there's a couple coin flips in there. As you saw with the projections, he's projected to come within five points. You have one or two players go off. Uh, and it, it could definitely tear his his record in some way, shape, or form. What about you? Uh, you know, I'm I'm leaning your way. I, I'm gonna go five and eight for Justin. I think a couple. I think I think honestly, his wide receivers I think are gonna pull him through a couple of these these tight matchups, um, depending on how his running backs shake out. Um, so my projection for him is five and eight. So Sleeper has him at 3-10. and 10. We have one more team breakdown. We have Sturt Day next week, Hartford's finest. And then after we do that team breakdown, guess what, guys? We're going to get into our week one preview for the NFL season. Let's go. Let's go. Football is about to begin.